Welcome back to Up in the Air. It's our third episode. I'm Jake. I am Nick. Welcome, Nick. Welcome, Jake. Okay. Let's get this start, going. Yeah, we're going to start off today's episode talking about the NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm already asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never woke up. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't I, I don't. I don't blame you, to be honest no. with you. Besides that dunk contest. Dunk contest is great. Before we get into the dunk contest, because it's really the only important thing to talk about, we'll uh-huh. just talk about the game. Uh, Mike Malone was right. Yes. It's the worst game ever. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Uh, Jason Tatum can shoot. Oh, actually, Newsflash, they can all shoot. Yeah, they're all really good at what they do. Yep. And they are so good that they don't like to do what they do. The three-point contest was kind of cool. It was. I liked that Dame won. I like that Julius Randle sucked. I actually like when people suck in the three-point contest. Because right. it's just like, you signed up for this. <laughs> you get paid millions of dollars to do this. Right. You did this to yourself. And this is and also his son crying. Yeah. I Amazing. Mean, Terrific. It, yeah. It, it, it was it really... Like, Guilty pleasure yeah, yeah, yeah. and seeing all that stuff. But Yeah, um, we don't root for kids to cry, but if they're crying because their dad sucks, it's kind of like, well, I can relate. And, like, Julius Randle's not terrible, but it's just nice as us Philly fans. Yeah. Seeing the Nick, Nick suck. And yeah. Nick just not do well. Yeah. Okay, now that was our recap of the boring stuff, the dunk contest. Speaking of Philly, Nick. Speaking of Philly. Sort of Philly. Technically Philly Technically, now, yes. Not really. Yeah. Is he on the team now? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. he, signed a, he signed a two-way contract literally the same day. That makes sense. Uh-huh. We're talking about Mac McClung. Mac McClung was a G League player from Georgetown University, might I add. Might I add, he started at Texas Tech. Yeah, but transferred he, to Georgetown. he transferred to Georgetown. Anyway, rep, Hoya Saxa, anyway. Um, he was a G League player that was brought on up by the NBA to kind of fix the NBA dunk contest. I remember him. I I want to say he's, he went he's viral. my age, yeah. roughly. He might be like a couple years. Young. He's somewhere around. He might be close to I your think, age. I think. But I remember watching his yeah. like high school mixtapes, and he was doing this stuff in high school. He went viral for his dunks. He was in insane high school, in high school throughout yeah. college, yep. and then in the G League, he also did really well. That's what the NBA selected him yeah. from the G League to go up to the. Derek Jones contest. Jr. basically did the same thing when he won. Yes, he had played. He played like I don't know, it was like ten games with the Sun or something like that. But he had got. He was in the G League and gotten called up mm-hmm. before the All Star break. This is slightly different, but it's really not different. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it's slightly different yeah. just because he hadn't played a single single NBA game, NBA game yeah. yet. But he did sign that two way contract. Do you see him? He played in the uh, the Rising Stars Challenge too. He did, and he played very well. Mm-hmm. He's scoring. He's shooting the ball really well. I'm interested to see what he can do. He's talented. He was a top. Actual... I want to say like 50 recruit. Like he was. An, he was a very highly. He wasn't just a dunker. He's a very highly touted recruit. Um, I'm just interested to see how his skills translate. Yeah. To the to the 76ers, but he did really well in this dunk. He did. He looked. He looked really well. Um, that first dunk was electric. Yes. The over the two people. Drag the nuts across the back of the head of that poor little kid. <laughs> Bro. T- <laughs> Touched the backboard. Back, it brought it awesome. back and then yeah. dumped it down. Yeah, I mean, it was impressive. It was. I, I like how Kenny Smith was like, I have to make sure you touch the backboard. It's like, really, do you, Kenny? Because it's pretty impressive either way. Do you, way. Kenny? He's 6'2". You... He just jumped over like seven feet of people. Did you ever touch the backboard, Kenny? I don't think so. I, I'm sure he probably did. Probably, but... I mean, maybe not a dunk. But he definitely touched the backboard. Yeah. I can't. Neither can I. Never. Never once. Do I want to? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool. <laughs> you know how cool you have to look to just bang glass like that? Yeah. Mac McClung did look cool. Yeah. And I like how the stadium, like, they brought all the lights down and yeah. just made them, like, blue. Yeah. That that was such a cool effect on TV. Yeah. And uh, all the reactions to it, 
Speaking of reactions, real quick, yeah. Shack Cam oh, yeah. was a huge hit this week. You just showed me before we started. I'd never seen it. That's AT&T awesome. sponsored a selfie cam for Shaq. So basically, yeah. he had like a camera that was looking directly at his face that also had a view yeah, of yeah. the court. Yeah. And you could see all his reactions it's because crazy. that's really important for the dunk contest, I, I guess. I agree. I so. mean, anything with Shaq is important. Yes. Yeah. It was also Charles Barkley's birthday. Was it? Yeah. Oh. Yep. And then I'll... Uh, maybe that was the day of the All-Star game. One of the games, they sang him a song. And then Jokic was the first player to ever start an All-Star game on his birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, that was a little off topic, but... No, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about the All-Star so, game. That works. Um, all four of Mac McClung's dunks were awesome. Mm-hmm. Trey Murphy had a couple cool dunks. That one, The one he threw up in the air and, like, caught in midair and did, like, a 360 or, like, a 360... Not 360, a between-the-leg windmill, whatever that was. That was just... That was sick. Just the actual, like, the motion of timing it in the air perfectly, getting it, and he got up there. Jericho Sims was kind of, meh. Yeah. He's an athlete. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember who the fourth person was. I don't either. It was but, uh, that guy. It was the a, guy. It was a person of all it time. It tw- was. Um, I don't know. This, this dunk contest, well, you know, it's already better than some of years past, especially it's, last year. Last year's was, like, the worst dunk contest ever because – the other cool thing, and this is what makes it good in my opinion, I know they get a minute and a half, but they were completing their dunks in the first try. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't do do-overs. Mac McClung was going there, doing stuff that's pretty difficult. Right. And nailing it right away. Mm-hmm. And he's 6'2". Right. Like, he's not big. He's not tall and big for the NBA comparison. The, the double clutch one he did in the finals, the first one he did in the finals, yep. the amount of athleticism it takes, he you have to basically glide. To get up there, get it off someone that's standing up, bring it from up top where you're picking it up, down, back up, down, reverse. Right. Jake's talking about the double clutch dunk that Mac McClung did. Yeah, it was sick. Um, and while his description of it... No, I nailed it. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Everyone visualize, everyone close their eyes and are just like, yeah, that can't be described any better. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um... <laughs> <laughs> Helen Keller couldn't have said it better herself. Oh man, rip my man's Helen. Uh. Man's <laughs> uh, Helen Keller wasn't real. I um, yeah. I mean, the dunk contest was great. It um, yeah. Every, I, everything else was, was so forgettable. I I kind of like how they do the rising stars. Okay, yes, that is I fair. don't know if I want to... I still don't want... This is kind of like the Pro Bowl. I'm not going to watch this shit, but, uh-huh. like, the I way like they how- the way they do the Rising Stars, where it's like, okay, it's a 25. It's basically just a pickup game of all these guys, uh-huh. and it's a rotating... It's almost a tournament. I think there's four teams now, or it's at least there's at least three. I think it might be three. The pro- I don't know. That's the problem. But there's know. there's three or four teams, and they play to, like, 25, and I don't, I don't know exactly how it works, but I like that idea that it's going to 25. It's not timed. Right. And it's not like a full because the Rising Star game used to be a joke too. Mm-hmm. Makes it a little fun. It's a it's a mixture of all sorts of players. Jose Alvarado, shout out, he won the MVP. Oh shit! Only okay. undrafted player there. That was just kind of a cool dope. It's just a cool thing. He, I, I think he went to he went to a little school Georgia Tech. He played at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like him, but that was just a cool. That was a cool moment. Um, other than that, I mean, the All-Star game, we kind of touched on this last week. The All-Star game is what it is. It is what it is. But the the dunk, and I almost, I don't want to say I had high hopes for Mac McClung, but I, I've seen him dunk. Like, I knew that he could dunk. Uh-huh. It's the same thing with Derrick Jones. You exactly. Knew he, you knew yes. he could dunk. There might be reasons he's not in the NBA, but he can dunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, you know, like you said, we talked about it last week. We started off the show with it this week. The All-Star Game is exactly what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. I saw a TikTok today. Um, it was of Kobe in an interview. And he was like, listen, if I'm going to be in an All-Star Game, I'm going to play. Not because, you know, we don't get paid extra for it. Yeah. or, But I'm going to prove that I'm the best one on that court with the best. I th- that is my mission. I think that's. I think Giannis. I think he hinted it. That's why he took Jason Tatum. He's like, I know he's going to take this seriously, and then he did. And then he did. And it's cool. Kobe is he like got shit on by his teammate though. You see, I saw. Brown? Yeah, I saw a highlight. Jalen Brown just absolutely torched. Oh, he did. Did Jason you Tatum. did you see that Shea Alexander Shea Gill just Alexander went up for a dunk, and then LeBron was just standing there, and then he saw him rise up, and LeBron just blocked his dunk attempt from behind. No. <laughs> and after the game, they asked Shea Gill just Alexander about that. He's like. That's fine. Everyone was dunking. He didn't play any defense before. Then I go for a dunk. Let's play some defense. I got something for him next time. And I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> this league. <laughs> oh, man. They dapped up before the game, too. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Bron. The NBA made sure to show that. And yeah. LeBron dapping up the West. Yeah. But, like, very aggressively. Did yeah, you see that? No, it's weird. I, I don't know if I like the draft right as it's happening. I also, do. I do. I, I like that do, a lot. Except for poor Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, that, oh. that was that was an all time. It's like we don't want anyone to feel bad, so we're gonna do it live. It's like, well, Lori Markkinen's starting an all star game. Yeah, no one's gonna pick him. No one's gonna. He's pick gonna him. be last. Uh-huh. That's how that's gonna work out. I don't care what position you need. That's what's gonna happen, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And it was comical. I think he Jokic kind of was like, "Oh, I thought I was the only one left on the stage." <laughs> <laughs> Because he got up and walked over to LeBron. He's like, yeah, obviously LeBron's going to pick me. But he's like, oh, I thought I was the last one. He's like, I didn't mean to. It's like, well, oh. you kind of upstage Lori. Lori's sitting there back there like, mm, mm. sick. Mm-hmm. This is great. Yeah. But yeah, All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend. Two, I mean, one really great thing, one pretty okay thing, then two just other forgettable things. Yeah. Um, shout out Dave Willard, though, for winning that 3.5. Yeah, that was cool. Glad he, he finally the, Yeah, he finally got the full... He deserves it. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Well, he's, and, it's his third try, and he finally got yeah. one. So Yeah, and he, he had to get all the balls in the last rack to do it, too, and he did. And yeah, Halliburton's yeah. a beast. Yes. His shot looks kind of weird, but he's a fucking beast. If you have a uh, unique shot like that and it yeah. works, go for it. Whatever. Uh, a couple quick NBA tidbits uh, before we we'll talk about like a, a little preview midseason and stuff like that. Yeah. But... Um, we talked about Russell Westbrook last week. He the reports. I don't know if it's official, but when he gets bought out by the Jazz, he's going to sign with the Clippers. I don't know if there's any official. I think that was official. I think that's pretty much known now. Yeah. Um, even though we, even though he was a front runner to go to the Bulls, the Bulls. But Pat Babs is going to go to the Who, Bulls. Yes, they just. I got, think he's from Chicago. He is. Yeah, yeah. So that's he cool. He I, I, on the way over here, I had I had stopped at a gas station and I was looking. As one on, does. I was Lost looking. Track. I got a notification from Woj on my phone. Yeah. And oh, you have you have his notifications on? Absolutely, him, Schefter, Jeff Passan. Uh, yeah, those guys. You know all of them. Rappaport, Ian Rappaport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was a tweet that Pat Bev sent in like 2012. Oh, I saw it before we started. Yeah, he was like, I kind of feel like the Bulls. He was like, Am I going to be in the NBA next year? I'd love to play for the Bulls. Yeah. And then 11 years later, here he, here is. he is. It's always weird when people pull those tweets up because like. How far back do you have to go to find a tweet like, from 11 years ago? you just search? Like, it's, it's just strange. It's like Pat Bev Bulls. Like, Twitter has that search feature where you can look up tweets. Yeah, yeah I guess that's true. But I don't know. Someone got paid to do that, so good for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not I. Not I. We're going to talk a little bit more about this NBA season so far, Jake. Yep. Um, right, right off the bat, yep. the West is weird. 
It's very weird. The West is so weird this it, year. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it fully. I I like it. I enjoy the parody. Yeah. I enjoy how there's some teams in this. I'm looking at the standings right here. The Western playoffs are going to turn out to be awesome. I enjoy how many teams in here that I am not used to talking about when it comes to the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Shout out the Sacramento Kings. Light the beam, baby. They are third in the West, which and is crazy to me. They have two all-stars. They're they're great. I mean, they've played great all season. I don't know. They have a, is, is their coach Mike Brown? Yeah, Mike Brown's their coach now, right? Mike Brown is their Mike coach. Brown has gotten a bad rap. He his teams always play well. It is Mike Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I thought. Um, and so, they have their um, their GM is Monte McNair, who yeah. was the reason why the Rockets were so successful all those okay. years ago. So I mean, they got Sabonis last mm-hmm. season, which I mean Sabonis is terrific, but it. The whole Fox Halliburton thing, I guess they thought wasn't going to work, and it didn't. And it's it's worked out for all of them. Halliburton's terrific, but Fox was an all star. He wasn't tech. He became an all star, I think, someone due to injury, due to injury or something like that. But all star is an all star, right? Uh-huh. Is he still hey. even if he's getting in as an injury, he's a top thirty player. That counts. And then Sabonis is a top probably twenty player. So having two top thirty players in a wide open West is great. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well they'll sustain it, but I mean they have eight legitimate players. That is true, and it's the top's just weird. Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, and Clippers. Clippers, yes. Nuggets, Clippers kind of makes sense. Kings, Clippers, top four. Then the Suns, Mavs. Clippers, Suns as a four-five matchup Suns is electric. Yeah. That's electric. Mm-hmm. And the Mavs having to play the Kings is cool. I mean, the Mavs you would think would win that now with Kyrie, and it's. I think they're all within like it's a couple so, games. It's yeah. just a crapshoot. So outside of the Nuggets, who are forty-one and eighteen, and the Grizz, who are thirty-five and twenty-two, do you think Ja is afraid of the West? Um, no, literally all these teams are got within, shooters with them. Are within three games of each surrounded other. by shooters. Nick. The Kings are thirty-two and twenty-five. There are at least five other teams yeah. within, like who have thirty-one or thirty-two wins. Yeah, and then I the even the teams outside of the play-in. I think the, there's like three teams outside. Basically, they're just the West is thirteen the Jazz right now. Is three games behind the number three spot. Yeah, which that's right. that's what's great about the this parody is anything can happen. The Jazz sit at number 11, yeah. and they are three games out from the third spot in the West. Which is awesome. Anything can happen out there this, in the West, which for the better part of half a decade, ever yeah. since the Warriors won their first ring, it's been pretty much, oh, the West rules the NBA, then the East is just, you know. I mean, it's back then it was because the East is LeBron. The East had LeBron, right? right? But then he went and joined the West. Yep. But the East, on the other hand, I mean, all these teams are just... The East is pretty set. You cannot argue why they are here. Like the Celt- in the order from one through ten, right? Celtics, Bucks, Seventy Sixers, Cavs, yep, Nets, Knicks, Heat, Hawks, Ugh. Wizards, yeah, and the Ugh. Raptors. Wizards. Mm-hmm. Shout out Bradley Beal. The Wizards and Raptors oh. and Hawks are all in there with losing, uh, losing records. The East is going to come down. Those those fo- those top four teams are going to win their first round matchup. Yep. And then they're going to play each other. And I, I I can't see the Celtics falling short of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Not Cavs are very right good, mm-hmm. but the Celtics are unreal. Right. And it pains me to say that. It truthfully truthfully does. But if I think Jason Tatum would be the MVP favorite if it weren't for the Nuggets having basically the same record. Right. The if if I, this was last year, right, and the Nuggets are floating around 5-6 and Jokic is doing what he's doing, mm-hmm. but Tatum is playing like this on a team that is dominated since the tip-off. The Celtics have the best away win percentage. Yeah. That's huge. That's how you get to the finals in the NBA. And If you the, can win on the road. 
Uh, the Bucks. I mean, I hope the Sixers can stop them. I think the Sixers have the offensive firepower to do it. I think they do. But the I, the Sixers and the Bucks are the ones, the only ones that have a chance. And even then, I think people are going to argue that the Sixers really don't. Right. And it used to be the Sixers. Yep. In the two spot, but the Bucks are on that twelve game win streak. And, yeah, they are. But Chris Milton hasn't played as well as he did prior to his injury. I'm going to talk about that soon. Okay, because um, I, I think that's going to. I think that could really hinder the Bucks going yeah. forward. Um, and Giannis has kind of been a little banged up this year, a little more than usual. So speaking on that, um, yeah. this is an article by Chris Herring from uh, Sports Illustrated, which was released at the beginning of January, just before um, the halfway mark, and. His first note is the Bucks' offense fell off a cliff in this first half yeah. of the season. Um, compared, to, compared to last year, um, Chris, Middles, Chris Middleton yep. not playing, right. and injured Giannis, and um, you know Drew Holiday not really having the same production as he on did offense, yeah. last year on yep. offense. Um, it you know they're I mean they are second still right now because yep. they do really well on defense, not the best. Right. I'm going to talk about that soon. Um, you know the the Bucks, they're not the same team they were last year, right? But we'll see. See, I think, I mean, they have the they've won a championship, they can do it, but it's it just doesn't feel. It's one of those gut feeling things for me, mm-hmm. where it just doesn't feel like they're you know they're up there, they're playing well. I don't think they can beat the Celtics. And honestly, I'm not a hundred percent convinced the Sixers can either. That's more of just like. My bias being like I know they can because Joel Embiid's a top like three player on the planet when he's actually healthy and playing. Yep. Just with how much he can do from his uh, size perspective and the the skill set he brings and how he can just dominate physically. Um, but I don't know if there's anyone in the NBA, specifically in the East, that can guard Jason Tatum is really what it comes down to. Not right now. And he, and even then, Kevin Durant was struggling. I saw mm-hmm. I saw a, a tweet today, and it was just JT just cooking Kevin Durant for like a six second. And he just hits a fadeaway in his mouth. I was like, "This is this this is the instant Kevin Durant knew he couldn't win a title in the East." And I thought it was hilarious. Um, but I mean, there's the way he moves at six eight, and the way he can shoot, and the he's just so good. And I don't, yeah, I think Giannis is too big. I think MB Giannis too has big. not been efficient this year, and that's another thing. With, yeah, his efficiency with, with, with yeah. this Bucks team. He hasn't improved his jump shot at all. No, he has not been efficient this year at all. And it, it, honestly, a considerable drop. Yeah. Um, is the quote here from Chris in this article? And you obviously don't want to see Chris Middleton come back early, and you know risk another yeah. injury or worsening his already injured whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know it's it's a growing concern. With how well Boston has played all year, they're the better team than the Bucks right now. And they're the best team in the NBA. The Bucks can't do anything to stop Jason Tatum, like you were saying, until they have a cohesive team. Until from, they from start out. to finish, Boston's been the best team in the NBA. Yep. And I think this is—it feels like their year, and I don't like saying that, but the reason I say that it, the West is so wide open. I, I'd say the Nuggets are above everyone else in the West. Mm-hmm. They're playing better, but the thing is. Is it's and I guess Jokic is kind of this in a similar boat as Tatum, where there's not many people that can actually guard Jokic. No, definitely not in the Celtics. You'll need a team with a really good defense to yeah. even come close. Yeah, team defense. And the way he moves the ball. Who has the best team defense in the NBA? I'm hoping you're going to say the Sixers. It is not the 76ers. Oh, crap. This it is, is the Celtics. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh, well, that kind of makes sense. Who have the best defense in the NBA so far? That makes sense. I mean, Mobley and Allen are unreal, and then. Yeah. Okoro's not much of an offense player, but he can play defense. And I mean, 
I don't think Mitchell's much of a defender, but Jared I would say Allen sucks. coming back helps a lot. Yeah. And Evan Mobley playing like he has this year helps. Yeah, Evan Mobley's awesome. Mm-hmm. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. In the Darius Garland, yep. In, you know. God, I forgot how good their starting lineup is. Okoro's just like a funny throw in. Jared it's Allen. It's like when the Heat were starting Norris Cole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Allen has held shooters um, 8.7 percentage points below their averages near the rim. Yeah, he's unreal mm-hmm. in the paint. He's a throwback big. Just like put me in there and no one's scoring on no me. No one's going to score I've on me. I've got a sick paint. afro. Uh huh. Did he cut his afro? I don't know what he did. But also, speaking on them, Kevin Love is gone. Oh, with the Heat. Yeah, they bought he's him out. He's the Heat now. So is that going to change? I think the Heat will eventually move up. But, I mean, they aren't going to – they haven't – they actually scare me if they can get to the sixth seed. I don't like the idea of the Sixers playing them in the first round. I like them more than the Knicks and the fact that they're floating around seven or eight. Yes. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. No team allows fewer points per 100 possessions than the Cleveland Cavaliers. That makes sense. It makes sense. And, they're. I mean, they have two – I mean, Donovan Mitchell is having one of the most efficient years of his career. And he's – he. I mean, he's an elite bucket getter. Yes. And they have two elite base. Yeah, that, what, 71-point game? Yeah. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah. That's the other thing that's been going on this year. And this, I, I read an article about this, and I, I can't remember who. I, it was on CBS Sports. I can't remember who wrote it. But it was basically saying how it, it's it's essentially become time for expansion in the NBA. Like, if you look at the trends. I'd like to see it. If you look at the trends, you know, they expanded in, I don't remember the year, in the 70s. They went from, whatever it was, 20 to 26 or whatever mm-hmm. it was back then because the scoring had gone up. And people had got the players had gotten so talented that the talent pool was so deep that they expanded because they were able to. And then the same thing happened in the 90s, I believe, like the Vancouver Grizzlies and everyone comes in because the talent pool had gotten so deep in the scoring. And this is the same trend where now the 10th best player on this team isn't seeing minutes. Well, if there's two more teams, that guy could easily be playing with some of these guys. Yeah. You see Isaiah Joe goes to the Thunder. Yes. He'd been sitting on a Sixers bench. He goes to that team, and he's been tearing it up. Uh-huh. And it's that's just an example that I know personally off the top of my head, but that stuff's happening all the time. There's now. so much talent just sitting in the G League. I, the, I mean, this, yeah. yeah. That there's the no G- room for in the NBA. There is so much, uh, like... We talk about parity, yeah. right? We talk about how these teams come out of nowhere. But they've been ready. That's But that's what the parity is. The parity is that the talent is so large. The right. talent pool is so large, and everyone is so good. Mm-hmm. And you know, would Kevin Durant have the chance to go to another big three if there were three other teams that were in the mix to trade for him? I don't know. You know, maybe, but it, yeah, I mean, it would it would create well more revenue, more players, more opportunities, and it's just with how good with how big it's become internationally, yep, and how big it's become in this country alone. I mean, basketball. If you play basketball, it's your life. There's a lot of people that it's just their life now. Yes. And, yeah. see, and college basketball is huge with the transfer portals and everything. Everything's becoming the NIL. You're going to see more developed players make it to the You're NBA. You're seeing players in park. Yeah. In park leagues. Yeah. You know, what's that one famous? There's a really famous park in New York City. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that one. That Bennett Park? Oh, uh, yeah. That one. I can't remember exactly what it, it's really. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. There are a bunch of players who play exclusively at, you know, those types of yeah. parks and they're getting sponsors. Yeah, clothing deals. I mean, think about it. Like, there was and one. Yeah, because I mean, you can do, you can monetize almost anything now. Where uh-huh. it's just, there's gonna be so many players that can make it to the league, and it's just everything's so global at all times. So I think expansion's a good, a good idea. I think it'll. I I'd like to see a yeah. team back in Seattle. I think we all would. I would. So yeah. just to end up our NBA talk real quick, Jake. 
MVP, I think we can both say, sadly, it's Jokic. Yeah. Right? I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. And he's just playing out of his... Out of this world. I mean, he's playing just as well as he has, a little more efficiently. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, but they're actually the best team in the West and almost the best team in the NBA. I think really the only other two players that have a shot are Tatum and Embiid. And that's if Embiid plays enough games and the Sixers somehow creep up on the Celtics. Mm -hmm. And if the Nuggets fall off, which I don't know if they will. The Nuggets will need to fall off for Jason Tatum to have a shot. If they finish as the best team in the West, which is a very loaded conference as we've discussed... I don't see him falling off, especially since he's basically averaging a triple-double. Right. You never know what's going to happen no. in the second half. No. Nope. But right now, it's it's Jokic. Yeah, we talked about And I really think Tatum's really the only one that has a legitimate shot. I think Embiid just has an outside chance just out of pure dominations that he does. And right. That, that might even be slightly biased of me. Yeah, I mean, I, that's fine. It's truth, but... It's truth, but, I mean, some... some A lot probably won't. Tad biased. A lot won't yeah. say that. But, anyway, speaking of Denver... Yeah! We're going to move on to some quick NFL news. Yep. Because there's been some head coaching hirings and some notable coordinator position openings. This is one of the, my favorite stories I've heard in a long time, Nick. It's Rex Ryan getting interviewed for the Denver Broncos defensive coordinator job under Sean Payton. <laughs> um, it's been, I think it's been five or six years since he coached the Bills. He, he got fired right before McDermott got he hired, He got right? fired right before McDermott. So it would be yep. five or six years since he's coached. He's been on six NFL. Six years, six, I think. Yeah, he's been on yeah. NFL, right, because McDermott coached a year without Allen. Yes. Allen's gone through five years. So yep. he, he, um, He's been on NFL Network ever, or NFL Live ever since then on ESPN. NFL Live. And he's uh, done some Get Up. Yep. Sunday NFL Countdown. Yep. He works really well with that crew. Yeah. Super white uh, teeth. Yeah, and large. Just large white teeth. He looks like a wrinkly old beaver. Yeah. <laughs> I meant that as the animal he's, for the record. You know what's going to help him with that? Yeah. That bright Colorado sky. Yeah. Yeah. No snow. No. Well. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people... I mean, Rex was... A top-tier defensive coordinator for a decade-plus. Very, very good coordinator. And even with the Jets, when he was calling their defensive plays, that's the reason they got as far as they did those two AFC Championship years. Yeah. Never really developed as a head coach. I mean, two, AFC, two back, back-to-back AFC Championship games for the Jets? It's basically a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. At least. I, I mean, mean, I counted at least. I basically counted as two. Looking at it Those are my out, Super Bowls. Looking at it from the outside. They beat maybe. Tom Brady in New England. I mean, yeah. like, what else? That's He's my hero. Rex Ryan is. Rex Ryan and is Mark Sanchez. Yeah, it's depressing, but it's a fact. Like Foo Fighters hero, like there goes your no, hero, Rex Ryan. No, no, like Ricky Iglesias hero. Okay. Oh. Yeah. He can, okay. Yeah, he can rinse away the pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 That was really good. <laughs> um, yeah. Rex Ryan to the Broncos would be hilarious. Yeah. In our notes, Jake and I have a notepad that we share for every episode. I just typed Rex Ryan, three dots. LMAO. That uh, pretty much describes it. Actually, I don't even know why we talked about it as long as we did. That's there you go. Right. I Perfect mean, it's summation. Just hilarious. I yeah. really want it to happen, but I mean, Denver's defense is really good. They have a lot of good players. Yeah. He can coach. I mean, that Pat Sertan, I think, was the second-rated corner in the NFL this year. Uh-huh. Behind who? Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Yeah. And Rookie then the I mean, Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons is an all-pro player. Mm-hmm. They kind of need a pass rusher. They got rid of Bradley Chubb. They, that hurts, but yeah. Speaking of Bradley Chubb, where he went, Miami, they also hired a brand-new defensive coordinator. Speaking of Denver. <laughs> Vic Fangio is in yeah. Miami now, Jake. You should yeah. be afraid. You should be I scared. should be. Do you think he'll smoke with Mike McDaniel? I don't. I don't. That's probably good for them, right? It's probably going to be yeah. really good for that team. Yeah. Yeah. If Vic Fangio can at least teach yeah. Mike McDaniel a little bit. A little I mean, bit. Not about head coaching, because that didn't go well at all. No. But, you know, him as a coordinator... Oh, he was a very good coordinator. 
for that 2018 Bears team, very good. It's the same thing as like like Spagnola, terrible head coach. He's done pretty well with the Chiefs. These guys, well. these guys get to do these jobs, Rob. It's a different when you're the head coach, you're the boss, you're running the show. It's not made for everybody. It's a lot of If you're a coordinator and you get to just run half the team and yep. it's like all I have to do is scheme this up and that's what you're good at. You get to know half the players, yep. right? You get a really good relationship with the only part of the team that you're really good at. Yep. So, And you don't have to deal with any of the other mumbo-jumbo. Nope. I mean, I'm sure you have to do some scouting and you have to go to the combine and you deal with you all have, that stuff. You but have that's... your own personnel that you have to worry right. about, you know, like your own position coaches. Yep. And you have to report to someone, two people, right. really. I mean, but I mean, the scheme is yours. Yeah. We're scheming. Yep, that's your job. Watch yes. film, scheme, and that's what a lot of those guys are addicted to. And that's some what coordinators for. don't even call plays. No, that's so, true. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot. I mean, they they brought someone else with them, and I can't remember his name, but he's the pass game coordinator for the defense. Like he went with Vic Fangio, but he's just going to coordinate the pass. Call it like the pass. De- like the pass defense. Yeah, yeah. Like he'll organize it. But yeah, I, I mean, there's coordinators for everything now. There is. There, there are so many positions on the sideline, and yeah. Um, Vic Fangio being in Miami, that's really good for the yeah. Dolphins, really bad for everybody else. Oh, yeah, I mean, the Jets don't have a quarterback, so they could have, I don't know, a dog calling their defensive plays, and it would go well in those games. Derek but... Carr is a dog. Oh, that's true, he's a dog. They are winding and dining him. They are. They're schlabbing yeah. his really good. Yep. Really good. Um, there's two other head coaching opportunities, Shane Steichen to the Colts, that happened right after the Super Bowl. Yep. The Colts solid, lost. Solid hire. I mean, their offense looked terrific. They'll go out and get a quarterback that they want. They have the, they if have they the get someone like Will Levis and they, he can kind of do what they did with uh-huh. Hertz, I don't know if he's quite Hertz esque, but he he he's, has the ability to run. I think, and he's gonna, a physical man. He's a physical runner. Like we're going to talk more yeah. about the NFL yeah, combine just, and the draft yeah. next week, yeah. starting next week. But Will Levis, I think, is going to need time. I don't possibly. Think he's, I don't think he's going to be the surefire prospect that people are saying he is. It's just it's just the upside of it. I don't think he's going to be that guy. Right away, yeah. I think he's going to need time in the right system, yeah. and I don't know if the Colts are right for him. I would Maybe not, him... but I'm just saying, in theory, I mean, Steichen put together a great offensive it's scheme. Nice they get the right players. Right. Steichen has yeah. the chance to choose who he wants, which right. is, give him credit. He has that opportunity. He yep. better not waste it. Yep. Um, and then the other uh, Eagles coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, which ugh, we'll, we'll get into this. <laughs> We're going to talk about this. He kind of just like rolled out of bed after just getting destroyed in the Super Bowl. He... I, I mean, it's kind of crazy because their defense he sucked. I sold mean, that's, hard. That's, yeah, he sold super hard. He's like, I'm going to the Cardinals anyways. I'll he sold hard, yeah. and he also sold away his plane tickets home to Philadelphia. Yeah. Because he, it seemed Stayed like he got own. fired the next, or hired the next day. Oh, maybe fired. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I was showing you this video before. I, um, yeah. This he video. walks up looking like John Cryer to Rondell Moore. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, like, slaps him up, and it starts off real normal. And then hey, all of a sudden, hey, he man. just goes, pew, pew. Explosive, big plays. That's you. Uh, shots. I think <laughs> shots, shots. Explosives. Yeah. That's you. And Ron Moore's like, ah, yeah. He's like got his hands in his hoodie pocket. Like, all right, Who dude. Who the hell is my coach now? He's like a like a weird like. Is Cliff Kingsbury on the Texans? Side note, no. real quick. I thought he was. No. He was interviewing for that. No, no, he didn't go to the Texans. No, he's still in Thailand. No, he's interviewing for the Texans offensive coordinator. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. I thought, I I swear to God, I remember. Who did they hire? I forgot. D'Amico Ryans. Oh, duh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I'd go chill with D'Amico Ryans, too. Yeah. yeah. I saw I saw he was slapping everybody up, and they said that he looked like uh, Jordan Peele as Barack Obama, like, just slapping everybody up, like, Mahonian, yeah. brother. Yeah, that whole sketch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
But no, yeah, that, no, whole, I mean, that whole video, Jake, I cringed so hard. Oh, uh, it was Jonathan terrible. Gannon, automatically odd. Yeah, I mean, it was he, straight. I mean, he just. It's actually crazy how much football coaches don't look like football coaches anymore. They don't look like football coaches. Like and they don't to, know how to talk to people. Everyone, they don't know how to have simple conversations with people that they're working with. Every, I don't get it. Everyone used to be like John Madden looking. Right. And now they all look like Mike McDaniel. No, right. Yeah, they all. Like, I Jonathan. Don't, Go, if you haven't seen Jonathan Gannon, go look him up. He literally looks like John Cryer, but like a skinnier, weirder version of John Cryer. Head football coaches have a lot on their plate. We've already talked about this, but I also don't understand how they also don't fit it in to their schedule. How to talk to people normally. Are you that invested in football that you just don't have any social skills? Nick, yes. You sh- That should not be the case. Yes, they are. That shouldn't be. That should not be. Nick. Now you made yourself look like a fool in front of millions of people before you even coached a game. Bill Belichick. Exactly. Yeah. How'd I'm, that work out for him? Listen, <laughs> he's great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I just, there's something off-putting about a person who cannot talk to another person normally. Yeah. You are, you are human before anything else. And wow. if you can't have a conversation with someone. What, what if he's a robot though? He could be. He yeah. very well could be. Yeah. After that video, I swear to God, he, just he short, could be. He just short-circuited, that's all. Like, he could show up in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Yeah, he just short-circuited. It's no big deal. We know Nick Sirianni's in a robot that's crying, but like... Like, at least, there are at least a couple coaches that come to... Like, Sean McVay knows how to talk to people, yeah. which is fine. I mean, the best head coaches... And, and the thing is, is maybe they just know how to talk to the media. I mean, that w- that was just weird. That was just so but weird. He might also know that he's getting videotaped and that he he's awkward about that stuff because you know I, like I, I heard an interview with Lane Johnson. He's like Sirianni's a little corny, but like he's a dude, right? Like, and he might just not be able to talk to the media very well, or he or he's corny to the media because then it keeps him off his case about this or that. And maybe they just don't know how to talk to the media. And I don't know if I'd necessarily enjoy talking to the media either. And some of them may not have social skills, right? That's it's not that they don't, but, but I mean how- they. They have to control a room, and they have to get to this point where they have to at least be able to talk to the guys in the room. And the I, ones that don't, right. Urban Meyer. Right. I, I don't know about Nathaniel Hackett. He just, just kind of couldn't keep track of the time. The thing but. is, Jake, it's like, it wasn't a 12-second clip that I have just first now seen of Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. I don't know too much else about I love about the snap judgments. It's great. But That's also, think about it like this. How many positions has he had to interview for? How many things has he had to sit in a conference room and interview with two other people or three other people or however many other people uh-huh. and talk to them without ever meeting them? And he's gotten that. For, he's a head coach in the NFL now. Yep. He's had so many opportunities to talk to other people. And then when he meets Rondale Moore, he's like, pew, 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 pew. Like, come on, Counter, man. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. People suck. People do suck. Yeah, there we go. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the only other like really major like coach news is Eric Bieniemy is going to the Commanders. Yeah, to, for the same job for the same job. What? Yeah, and then I thought that was allowed. Lo- uh, you have to have permission. Oh, okay. So if the, if Andy Reid and the Chiefs are like, yes, it's okay, you can go interview. I think he's a you better shot to be yeah. a head coach now. Yeah, I agree. You can't you can't go and poach him from some yeah. other team. It's the same. The, the Jets did the same thing with Mike Lafleur. Yes, they're kind of like, go ahead, go do what you got to do, and then they brought in Nathaniel Hackett. But it's the same. You can you just. They can't poach him from you. Fair. Um, and then the you're gonna love this. The Chiefs promoted Matt Nagy to offensive coordinator, and then kind of anointed him the coach in waiting. Uh huh. Yeah. So he's just gonna sit there. And That's like, just and he's like best friends with Patrick Mahomes. If somehow Matt Nagy has a great career, and uh, you know he will honestly, if he does, good on him. Great. Well, there were some p- moments 
when he was coaching the Bears, where he was just, you know, he was a guy. You know, he was a good dude. Yeah. You know, that 2018 team was special. And he was able to, you know, at least him and Ryan Pace had some moments where it was like, you know what, maybe they did something okay. But there were some other moments where I'm like, get him out of Chicago. Yeah. But anyway, Jake, we're going to talk a lot about the NFL next yeah. week. Yeah. But I think we have more football to talk about. That's not the NFL because the XFL is back, baby. Shout and guess what? Rock. It is good. It's really good. It's solid. I think it's Except really good. Except for the one blowout. But, I mean. There's going to be some growing pains with the XFL. But. Yeah, I mean, they were mostly pretty good games. Um, ben DiNucci did some Patrick Mahomes shit. He did. For the Seattle Sea Dragons. Yeah. By the way, Seattle Sea Dragons have Josh Gordon. Yeah, they we didn't talk about the last that was That play was to Josh Gordon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Josh Gordon. Yeah. Did they forget to do drug testing in the XFL? I don't know. Oh. I mean, weed's legal everywhere. Am so I worried about it? No. I mean, he's playing football again. <laughs> right. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about the XFL here to finish up the show. Yeah. Because I'm really excited about it. And the USFL comes right after it. April. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And actually, all all 43 games for XFL this year will be on ABC slash ESPN. Yes, mm-hmm. which I think is huge. For oh, it's growth. awesome. It is so important. Um, so my buddy Jason and I have decided we're going to be St. Louis Battlehawks fans. Right. Uh, mostly because they have really cool blue uniforms, but also they're called the fucking Battlehawks. The Battlehawks. I mean, yeah, it sounds awesome. Right. And Battle, then, just capital H, Hawks. Coincidentally, they also have AJ McCarron. So we get to root for him and his wife. And his hot-ass wife. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Also, the coaches in this league... Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward coaches this uh, San Antonio Brahmas. San Antonio weird Brahmas. ass name. They the Rock lost. has made it pretty clear that yeah. that was his favorite team. Raw. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Um, the Anthony Beck, who's a former tight end for the Jets and Bucks, coaches the Battle Hawks. Completely unrelated, by the way, that I picked them. Um, um, yeah, let's. I'm going to run through. Wade Phillips is cute coaching the Houston Roughnecks. Wade Phillips. <laughs> yeah, Wade Phillips. Yep. Uh, Greg Williams is a defensive coordinator for the DC Defenders, which Doctor Heat back at it again. You love to see it. I still have yet to pick a team. I need to find a team to join follow. the Battle Hawks bandwagon. You are very persuasive. Also, Jim Zorn's the head coach of the Seattle Sea Dragons. I have good. I have good cause to follow the Defenders just because I, I just so happen to go to a school that is in DC. So you know, locality it yeah. makes sense. That's also the closest team to us. That's also true. It's the DC because they got rid of the New York team. Yeah, and they moved it down to Orlando. The Guardians, who the Guardians. got stomped. They got smoked. And they have a weird logo. It's weird that it's green like that. They do. I, I miss it when it was blue. I think they have Paxton Lynch as their quarterback. They did, but he benched. He got benched already. <laughs> In the first game? <laughs> he got benched already. Oh my already. gosh, that makes me so happy. He started the game he for them? so terrible. And then it, uh, he already oh. got benched. In oh. the XFL. Oh, I yeah. love it. Uh-huh. He's so awful. Yeah, they got Paxton stomped on the pod, but you bench. suck. Um, but, so I'm looking at a article... Um, from SB Nation by Barry Shuck. That's not a real name. It, it very much is. He posted this today, actually this morning. And, yeah, his the, the headline of the article, former Browns wide receiver Josh Gordon, yep. number zero of the Seattle Sea Dragons, catches a pass for a touchdown against Michael Joseph of the D.C. Defenders. Is zero the amount of his arrests he has this year? Is that why he picked that? Uh, probably, yeah. So they already have five games under their belt. Who? Oh, excuse me. I was wrong. Four games. The XFL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, there's eight teams, so they play eight four teams, games every weekend. Four games every weekend. Pro- and it's, they're standalone games. It's a bye week every week, right? Technically, right? No, they all, there's only eight teams. They all play every week. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I, got I, I believe it's a set. There's 43 games, so I believe there's a seven-game season, mm-hmm. which would be 28 games. Yes. It might even be like eight. I'm pretty sure it's seven weeks. Everyone plays each other once. Then they go to the playoffs. But I'm not 100% sure how it works. It might be eight games. They might play someone twice or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so but it yeah. started on Saturday in the first inaugural game of the third-ever XFL league, I guess you could say. Yeah. Arlington Renegades versus the Vegas Vipers. Yeah, the Vipers were somewhere else last year, too. I think they were in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think moved, so. They moved. they moved to Las yep. Vegas. Um, and the Renegades won the first-ever XFL game of this iteration, 22-20. Yep. to 20. And then immediately following was the Houston Roughnecks stomping out the Orlando Guardians. Yeah. Shout out to Wade, Wade Phillips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Then on Sunday, uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks had an incredible football game against the San Antonio Brahmas. 18-15, yep. and then the D.C. Defenders beat the Seattle Sea Dragons 22-18 to to finish out the first week. Yeah. The, um, so what I like is the there's a couple rules that I like. I like the three-point conversion mm-hmm. from the 10-yard line. I think that's cool. And then the what I call the onside kick alternative, which you did not like, but essentially <laughs> <laughs> essentially you can go for a 4th and 15 from your own 25. Yes. Basically you have to get past the 40, and if you get it, you get to continue your drive. If not, the ball's turned back. Right. It's not an onside kick, but it's the same concept, but there's an actual chance you can get it. What I'd like to do, Jake, is go through um, on this article yep. by Mr. Shuck. <laughs> um, he goes through the good, the bad, and the ugly of the opening week. And I'm just going to go through a quick snippet of a few of the things that I'm finding on here. Um, because, unfortunately, I did not have a lot of time over the weekend I didn't watch any of it, no. to watch most of it. But I, I, I have caught, seen, I caught some I clips and I've reading about it, yep. And, yeah, so first thing off the bat, he lists are the uniforms in the good section. Most of them are good. Most of them are really good. Uh, the I, defenders are eh, They're boring. They're just kind of boring. But the, the Seattle Sea Dragons away jerseys are really good. And the, They kind the, of look like Florida. The Roughnecks ones were kind of weird. Okay. The helmets were two different colors. Like yeah. it was like blue on one side, and then it turned into like red and white on the other side. Interesting. But the jerseys were kind of cool. I I wasn't nece- I didn't necessarily love the helmet, but I like that it's different. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The helmet striping for every team was creative. I thought the guardians were kind of, meh. It's because they're mostly gray and white, and they just have the green stripes. A lot of the teams apparently went with the same color pants as their tops. Okay. So, like, the St. Louis Royal Blue was also on their bottoms. Yeah, I mean, I just love them. I'm a big fan of blue. But... And San Antonio was gray-gray. Yeah. So, I'm interested yeah. to see if that's going to change, if some of these teams play at home. If they have, like, the Defenders um, were all red and red. And the the, the, the Sea Dragons team, helmets. The cool. Sea Dragons, they, the C Dragons away uniforms look like a mix between Illinois University yeah. and Florida. Yeah, that's just the green and orange doesn't always play for me. I think it plays here. I think it does really well. But they had a white top, orange bottom, so they were the yeah. only ones that I think were different. I could be wrong. It looked like a cream skull. Um, the XFL is also noted for the amount of women working in that's good the league. Yeah, um, they have a women owned like the the entire thing is run by of course Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, but also a former WWE partner of his. Yeah. Um, What's her name? Uh, Danny Garcia. Um, she's a Danny. she's an entrepreneur and businesswoman. Makes me think of Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso. Um, she's a producer that is also a movie producer that's worked with yeah. Danny Johnson before, and she also bought in on the XFL. So, um, plenty of female referees. Also, that's good. Um, a lot of front office executives. Hell yeah, inclusion. Um, director of team operations, to be specific. Athletic trainers. 
So the, even some coaches. There's Jen Welter in Vegas is a linebackers coach. No, it's kind of cool because then it's like it's not just an opportunity for the players; it's also an opportunity for everyone else. For that everyone that wants to work in yeah. sports, that yeah. you know, this yep. is just creating more opportunities. Like for someone like myself, for that's example. that's kind of what The Rock was. He said that in like his opening speech before the first game. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it. I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only plateaus that still remain. This is from the article. Um, are GM and head coach. So there are no female GMs and no female head coaches, which. That'll come in time. That'll come in time, I hope. The, so I think I think part of that, too, is that they need to be recognizable names to get people to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against the other people, but like you bring in... It's not like Wade Phillips is unqualified to coach a football team. Yes. None of the head coaches are unqualified. They all played professionally. But I think that's part of it, too, is you get the names in there. They're the, they're the head. And then eventually, I think, if the league picks up and has profitability, then you can work in the other people. A couple more good points here. Um, the cities that were chosen to yep. be the hosts, I think are really cool. San Antonio having a professional football team is sweet. Cool. Yeah, St. Louis um, getting one back. St. Louis getting one back. No one cares about Orlando or right. Florida, but it's it's a big city. It's right. You know, it, I don't think Vegas needed another one. I don't think they did either, but they, they got it's one. Vegas, yeah. So um, another thing. We already talked about it kind of, but the 4th and 15 as well as the PAT choices. Yeah. Which is awesome. They have There's a three-point try, a two-point, and then the regular field goal. But also the fourth and fifteen is a an offset of the of the offside kick. Yeah. So yeah, very cool. An alternative. Very very cool. Um, also, real quick before we move on to some of the other things, instant replay. Have you seen that? So it's incredible, Jake. The NFL needs to do this now. Okay. Um, basically, it's the, it works the same way, except now on the broadcast itself, the ref has a microphone, yep. the replay center has one, as yep. well as the broadcaster. So you can see what the broadcasters see. Yep. You see a replay of the of the thing, and then you hear what the ref is saying to the replay center. So you're like, the replay center is like, okay, uh, let's say the ref on the field is named Jim, right? Great name. Replay center. Uh, yeah, Jim, we're looking at the play now from the sideline. Um it it seems like he has he he has he maintains possession. We're looking at the feet to make sure he was both down. Yeah, and it was just, they for every single you know thing that they had to review, they did that. So there was transparency from what the ref was hearing, from what the replay center was saying. Oh, cool. Yeah, which was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That went over really well on social media, from what I saw. And well, the NFL kind of needs more transparency as is, but and they got um, Dean Blandino to be yeah. yeah. So yep. Um, Basically, the replay, the replay, the replay review guy in the in the broadcast booth yeah. would talk with the replay review people in like New York, yeah, how they always wherever say, they, yeah, and then on the ref. Oh, like, cool! So those, they're all talking. The, all those people are talking to each other, and you're hearing everything. I like that. Yeah, so that's I great. think the NFL needs to do that immediately. Um, but we're, I think that's a lot of what. Yeah, I mean, he put for the. It's the pretty good. much all of it. Yeah, um, some some real quick things before we move on to the bad. You know, quarterbacks don't learn everything in year one. They don't just get everything down and they're good and they're on the run and they're moving, right? Mm-hmm. It takes them a couple years before they really hit their stride. Josh Allen, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, even Joe Burrow, it took him 10, 12 games. You know, he started seeing at the end. But these top-tier quarterbacks, it takes them a little bit of time. They get cohesion with all these players. And then, you know, they keep the same coaches. These are brand-new coaches. These guys have never played together. You know, they're all just looking for this new opportunity to get back to where they were, but it's the beginning. I'm sure their training camp, they didn't start OTAs in October. Mm-hmm. They haven't been working together for four months like the NFL does leading up to this. I'm sure it's a much shorter period. I don't know this for a fact. I'm just assuming. Yeah. Um, 
and you know they only get a few games. I think that's a part of it. The talent level is slightly lower. Yeah. I mean, comparatively, they're playing against people at their talent level. Yeah. But they the know- co- the cohesion on offense, it's it's a lot easier to get a defense on the same page mm-hmm. because they don't actually have to transfer the ball to each other. They, this article also notes a lack of rushing. Yep. In the first week, it makes as well sense. as some overthrown passes and some poor quarter, corner back play. Makes but sense. I, I'm sure that'll get ironed out here. There are some very talented coaches. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, missed field goals was a big thing. But I guess that the, makes perfect sense. I guess sense. there were a lot of makeable field goals that were just missed. That, that makes perfect sense. I mean, NFL kickers miss easy field goals. They do. Kicking um, is difficult. The football kick, the kickoffs. Yeah. It's, so basically, how it works is they're they the two. So you have the kicker, yeah, and the two lines, and then the returner. Right. You would know the terminology better than I would. Yeah. So the the front line. There's the, a front line, and then yeah, yeah. So the kicker, once they make contact with the kick, yeah, the two lines cannot move until the returner gets the ball. Okay. So they start back farther. I'm guessing. Yeah. So they're they're pretty close to each other. As soon as the yeah. returner gets the ball, then they can touch. Okay. But all the kickoffs went like 28 to 34 yards every time. Like there weren't any big gains. Yeah. You know, it's to cut down on injuries, basically. Yeah. But there weren't any big gains from the kickoff or anything like that. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm interested to see if I can actually look and see how they do that and see if I can like it. Because yeah. I haven't. I'm just going off what this article says. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but from the way that it's described, I don't I don't know if I'm going to like it or not, but we'll see. I don't know. Hey, football's football, man. Football is football, <laughs> but the XFL had to go up against some very big events this weekend for their first. The yep. Daytona 500 was on Sunday. The snooze. NBA All-Star Game took away some ratings, I'm sure. Double snooze. Um, the Genesis in- Invitational. Shout Tiger out Tiger Woods played. Shout out Max Homa. Um, shout out John Rahm for winning. Shout out Callaway. Um, uh, the U.S. women's na- uh, national team. They, she believes. They, they beat Japan. 1-0. 1-0. Shout out. And the Michigan-Michigan State men's college basketball game. With the, yeah, yeah. After all of that terribleness that happened. Murder. Yeah, it, it was, that's just terrible. There's actually a couple good college basketball games on this weekend. There's some high. There were. Yeah. So they had to go up against a lot of, you know. Big, yeah, Kentucky, rating, Tennessee, big rating events. Purdue, Ohio State. That, yep. I mean, obviously you're going to want to put Houston, football on Sunday, but yep. a lot of sports. Well, they also played Saturday, too. They did. Yep. They did. I'm, I'm interested to see if they had more viewership on Saturday. which Syracuse Duke, also on ESPN. Yes. Yep. And then, so that was what they put for the bad and for the ugly. Um, there were, a, so, looking through this, it's just basically how the league looks from a technical standpoint. Yeah. Um there's they showed a lot of split screen where they would show the OC and the DC at the same time and have them both talking on the live feed. Uh which was like from the opposing teams? Right. Huh. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like hearing the OCs calling plays. It just got jumped. A quote from this article: "It just got jumbled, and we're both talking at the same time." Well, yeah, that's terrible. But I, I like that they're trying new of, things. Instead of watching the play, the game was reduced to make room for these coordinators with yeah. a tri split screen. So they would have the coordinators in the top two corners, yeah. and then the game at the bottom. So you couldn't even see what's happening. I okay, that's not great. I like that they're trying new things. They have to try new things to be interactive. You can't just be like, "We are the NFL," and then. 
expected to be successful because you're not the NFL and you're not going to compete with the NFL if you are exactly the same as the NFL. There were a lot of defensive touchdowns, which I wouldn't really say was ugly, but you could just blame that on. That's the. I mean, it's, it it goes with the offense isn't great. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of cameras that were on the field. Yeah, I think that was part of the allure of it. There's a bunch of different angles. There are a bunch of different angles, but I guess it just came off across very differently when the first games were played this weekend. Um, Like, for example, in this article he says, a guy runs in a pick six and and instantly while celebrating, a microphone is slammed into his face. (laughs) What did he say? We don't know because his helmet... um, he had on his helmet, which also has a face shield, and he yeah. had his mouth guard in. So yeah. we don't know what he said. Yeah. And he had a microphone jammed onto his helmet. That's terrific. So a lot of that is technical. Yeah, I mean, they kind of do that in the NFL. They don't actually hit you with a microphone, but I mean, like, they're in your face as soon as you're in the end zone. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot of it. For It's just a very few, like, solid, te- solid technical, XFL talk, nit- technical nitpicks for... Yeah. Um, the XFL, but I'm excited to see it this weekend because I'm going to be able to watch some of the games. Yeah, um, along with the combine, along with the combine, and along with some golf and some Masters are coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, I want to go there one day. One day, one day, one day. When I'm not poor. But yeah, that's a lot of great XFL talk. Um, I'm really glad that we have spring football. Yes, I'm interested. To, I'm interested to see what this can come, you know, what this can turn into. Yeah, and also what the USFL will bring. Um, they had a really great commercial over the weekend where they were like they showed like the history of all the players that were in the old USFL. Yeah, yeah Jim Kelly. Like Jim Kelly was yeah. the notable one. There were some others. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, I think, yeah. was also in the USFL. They had. Like, I want to say like Reggie White or Bruce. They had some pretty like, great. There was a defensive player that was like the commercial was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure it's on YouTube or somewhere if you guys. Steve Young. Yeah, um, yeah, and they just had a really great commercial saying you know USFL is coming back. Yeah, back for good. Yep. So. Well, now that COVID's over, mm-hmm. these things can come back because a lot of those failed because COVID happened. Right. The like, second okay. try of the XFL, Vince, the McMahon, Vince McMahon put a lot of money into the XFL the second time around. Probably why he retired from the WWE and other things. then all of a sudden COVID happened and he was yeah. wasting like 70 grand a month on employees for the XFL yep. and he just couldn't do it. No, it so, makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hope for spring football now and I'm really hoping this, you know, turns, I'm hoping the talent is able to, you know. Football is always good. Obviously, you'd like to see the best players in the NFL, but yep. if there's still going to be like really great players in the XFL and the USFL, yeah, I'd like to see that too. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see some good games. Yeah, some good quality games in the spring while we wait for the NFL. You'll never hear me complain about f- extra football. No, not at all. Neither will I. No. But Jake, I think that's all we have time for today. Yeah, you know? we don't really have anything else to talk about. Uh, we'll we'll watch the comp- some combine stuff over the weekend and talk right. about it. Well, I think we'll miss a little bit of it because I think the final day is on Monday. So I don't know. Or final day is on Tuesday, maybe even. Yeah. We'll have to see. But I. Well, that'll be. Next week is the preview, right? We're going to we're gonna talk about it. And then. Oh, is it not next weekend? No. Okay, Jesus. No. Next Monday on the 27th, we're going to talk, you know, previewing it. And then we're going to do a mock draft. Oh, yes. I so, love mock drafts. Um, and also, keep, keep an eye out for next week, folks. We're going to talk about the MLB. Yeah, a little bit. Started. Finally. People have um, reported. We'll talk a little college bat. Uh, we'll probably get into a little college basketball if something notable happens. Yeah. Probably save that a little bit for March, but save that for March. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we'll talk about Kodai Senga next week. Oh my God, I'm so ready. His ghost pitch. Yeah, I love it. This is. Good. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff next week, so be prepared, be ready. Um, and thank you all for tuning in with us. Hasta la pasta.